Hello, everybody. Welcome to ClapperCast, episode 113. I'm your host, Carson Tamar, joined by the other hosts, Paul Price, Alina Falls. How's everyone doing today? I'm just going to say other hosts and just end it. Um, I'm doing well. Um, we're recording very early, and I had to binge all of the movies over like a 24-hour period. Um, and we had a lot of movies, so this was this was intense for me. Um, but yeah, um, other than that, good. Nothing nothing of note. To be fair, we were supposed to not have that many films. And over the course of the week, we just kept adding films to the list. So. And, and to the point that we missed movies. Like, there are oh, movies yeah. that have come out that we are just not doing. Leo which is Grande, very weird. Rip. Uh, yeah, also the um, that one with... Um, Chris Hemsworth and Miles Teller. Oh, Spider-Man? Yes, directed by the director of uh, Top Gun Maverick. And someone posted Isn't online there. Isn't that crazy yeah. that that's not getting like any promotion? No, it it's supposed be... to be good too. Like from what Wait, I've seen. really? Yeah, because no. No, I also yeah. thought it was like, oh, it's terrible. Apparently it's not, so I have no idea. Oh, I'll watch it after this. And then also Mad God, which like I wanted to talk about. I watched it last night. It was boring. Oh, I haven't watched yet. Love that it was made, though. Great, like you know, animation. Happy I want to. I, I just want to see the Minotaur get a handy. <laughs> that's what uh, all my friends keep talking about. <laughs> Frank and Zed was more fun. I think that's what it was called that we talked about during Fantasia. Oh yeah. I had my graduation ceremony today, even though I graduated from university two years ago. But you know, COVID. Wait, my what parents- major are you? Bachelor of Arts Honors History. Oh, I didn't know you were a history major. Sorry. <laughs> um, so my parents came down to visit, but my father, who is unfortunately a cop, worked till 3 a.m. And so my mom picked him up from the detachment and they drove to Ottawa from their house or the detachment, obviously. So they got to Ottawa at 5.20 in the fucking morning. So I awoke from a call from my mother at 5.20 in the fucking morning. And I could not go back to sleep because I live in a studio apartment with a sing- one bed. It's a double bed, but there is one mere bed. And both my parents decided to take a nap in it. And I was like, this is my house, you fuckers. Why are you here this early? The graduation ceremony was at 9.15. To be clear, I was upset. My mom bullied me. It is what it is. But hey, I got to walk across the stage in a little gown and sash, and it was cute. I'm happy and proud of myself, but it's been a rough 24 hours for you, girl. <laughs> Why didn't Bruce go to sleep? Like, he could have, like, he- gotten a nice little nap in there instead of coming to your house so early. Because I don't know. I feel like they just wanted to be in Ottawa in case like they slept through something i don't know i don't understand the logic i didn't question it my parents are psychopaths again my mother bullied me during my on the day of my own graduation so you know what it is what it is So you had a graduation Hmm. (laughs) i remember uh my graduation was like an absolute shit show um because so how it works in savannah I guess it's all people, but like, you know, we all don't live in Savannah. So, um, and all of the apartments are set up to end at the end of the school year, like your, your lease ends. So Mm -hmm. in one day, 
your packing, saying goodbye to all your friends, saying hello to your family and getting ready for graduation. And like the amount of things that are going on, it was just chaos. <laughs> um, so like, I just remember really like, yeah. And I just remember like leaving because I had an internship and I had to leave like the next day. I, mean, I remember leaving and just bawling like I was in the end of uh, fucking six feet under or something <laughs> like just hysterically sobbing, listening to music because like you didn't have a chance to react to anything. Mm-hmm. Ours was like actually super efficient, but Carlton like split it into like multiple ceremonies over like the past five days for the 2020 and 2021 graduating classes. And there was like five ceremonies during the day. So mine was like the first one on day five. So the entire thing, it was like only like history majors, uh, like PhD history, master's history, and probably some other like um, similar majors. And the entire thing of like, I don't know, 200 people and took like 45 minutes. They were just fucking flying. And I was like, that's lit. Cause I was so afraid that I was going to be there for like five hours. Cause my high school graduation was bullshit long. <laughs> See, mine was short. I'm, I'm a baby. I've not had a university graduation yet, but my high school was pretty like half a day, but my mother decided to move the day after my high school graduation. So I had to similar to Paul, like, go to graduation. I also was like giving the main speech because I was class president or an ASB president both. So I had to give the speech and then I had to like say goodbye to all my friends who were moving and then move that day. Then the next day, say goodbye to my mom. It was a lot. It was very stressful. I don't remember a lot of it. So thanks mom for moving the day after my high school. Yes. I can actually really see that for you, Carson. Thank you. Well, I, I was more proud of ASB president. That was like the big election, but yeah. I don't know what that means, but it's like I'm school happy for you anyway. Okay. Class president. I got to plan all the dances. I planned like it was cute, great <laughs> extra. What was your? I was what also was your GSA. Dance? I was GSA founder. Uh, we did two. We did a Halloween dance and we did a night under. Is that the, the one with um like the farming? No, it's the Gay Straight Alliance. I wish we had a farming <laughs> club. Oh my god, you know farming I would have been. Is isn't farming like four H? Yeah, there we go. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) You know I would have been president of that also. Oh my god. He's like, I started the... (laughs) I would love that. Um, No, it was Night on the Stars. We had like, we went downtown, he rented a building's rooftop, and it was all like fancy. It was cute. It was really cute. It was a great dance. Hmm. You should, you know, you would have been impressed, Paul. You should have gone. I was going like night under the stars. We had that exact same theme. Okay. Well, did you have a donut bar? Okay. No. Exactly. Because I don't live in California. (laughs) I think that's a. I yeah. I don't know if that's a California thing. I think they have donuts worldwide, but who knows? (laughs) Sorry. I guess it's a California thing. Um, thanks for asking how I'm doing this week guys I did go camping I'll say it was very fun we went to our normal spot like an hour away um, we took two friends who've never been camping and they didn't had, like, you go camping attacks. last week yes I go camping a lot because I love nature <laughs> I'm just one of those girlies I love nature I love getting away and okay. it was a super full moon so it was a giant yeah. moon illuminating the sky it was all about like rebirth and it was great spiritually it was great it was so much fun full moon in Sagittarius baby yes and then the next day we all went to the ocean so it was very cute and very fun I love that for you 
So, okay, let's get into the films because God, do we have a lot of films? I'm looking at like the list I have, and it's a lot. And let's start off Pixar's Lightyear, 1995. Andy went to see a film, and this is that film. Um, Paul, I feel like you're going to be the most painful to talk to this about this film. So why don't you start <laughs> off with Lightyear? Why don't you take it away? And then we'll try to find something good to say. So, okay. That's really important about this, this 1995 thing. And it's not as much that it's in 1995. I know a lot of people were upset about that. I do think there's points where you're like, that wouldn't have happened. I don't really understand what you're trying to say. It feels meta in a way that they're just dismissive. But what I hate about this movie, and I hated this movie, like, the fire within me when I got out of this film was just basically because they went, we're going to make a film. It is going to have nothing to do with anything related to Buzz Lightyear. And then we're just going to slap his name on it and we're going to call it a day. And like the amount of, you know, hubris in that to just go, oh yeah, you'll watch this. You'll eat this up. Um, is just so frustrating to me. And, you know, the, the thing is you look at the reactions to people and they're like, oh yeah, it's not that great a movie, but fucking socks. The cat wasn't that great. And I'm like, sure, sure. Socks. The cat is very cute. Um, but you have to remember that this is Buzz Lightyear, not socks. The cat shorts. Um, and like the moments that he was on screen, I was like, yeah, that's cute. But like, he's not connected to the story, really. He doesn't need to be here. It's not it's only put in there because they're like, I guess we have to have something because this movie's boring as shit. Um, the storyline is one of the worst storylines I've ever seen uh, in terms of just like you have a space commander and we're going to crash land him in a boring, ugly planet. And then. He's going to stay on that. And then we're just going to do some little interstellar stuff for a little while. And then everyone's dead or old. That's the movie. And like, I'm just. Oh, my gosh. Actually, it's a lot more interstellar than I'm thinking about. But I'm not going to get into spoilers yet. Like, is it just interstellar? (laughs) For me, like the first half an hour, I was thinking this is like the Martian and interstellar smashed, smashed together for children although i went to see this at 7 ish p.m on opening night every person there was in their 20s i was like where are the children it was odd no children well they're not allowed to go because of the gays the gays that's also the new disney thing encanto was all 20 year olds when i went like it's kids don't go to this shit anymore but i when i went to see the bad guys that was all kids yes (laughs) so like what is happening um, um, I, I do think it is incredibly funny that this film made such a big fuss about number one, admitting that they took out all the gay scenes, put back in the gay scenes, and then immediately killed the gay person. I was like, I laughed out loud. <laughs> just that. They're I, your gays. I'm more <laughs> obsessed with the fact that they keep her wife in the same room and they just keep she never leaves that room and i was fully imagining that she has never left that room (laughs) she like comes back in and she's like oh there she is again um also like i know that they had like already cut it and stuff like that but it's so weird that mild spoilers for a bad film 
um, that they have Alicia's died, but they don't have her wife ever show up who probably is still alive because it's only every four years. Instead, they just like, uh, no one's here. Nothing happened. Don't worry about it. Oh, God. It was a rough I, four years for the gays on the planet. Okay. Both of them got taken out. And like it's, it's when age. she died, Alicia like records that message and like she says like you'll be back in like a year or two. And so like did Kimiko or whatever her name was die like right after? Where did she go? No, uh, yeah, no, there's so many like, I also have problems with this movie being like, oh, he's got to keep going back and uh, going back because it's like, OK, if it's four years, you could wait a day or two. Like there is you could stay a week. You don't have to like it feels so movie that whole sequence where he's like rushing through. Well, remember, it is a 1995 film, Paul. You know, they're not really into the nuance of storytelling. Uh, yeah, no. Um, yeah, it's... It, and the 1995 thing really just bugs me. Not because it's a 1995 thing. Although, Carson, you you know, that's years away from even when you're born. So... <laughs> it feels a little like... I was born like, in 97. You were... Ugh. You're the only 95 we're here. Okay, so as the authority, um, no, like, like, my, I just had problems with it because it feels like I can imagine what happened at Pixar. They have to come up with a spinoff of um, the fucking Toy Story movies. Someone goes, what if we do the movie that Andy watched? cool cute you never should say that that is like a deep like you know lore thing the fact that they put it in there immediately puts this like um you know uh, magnifying glass on all of the uh the issues with the movie especially with the zerg shit um i wrote a huge long letterbox that was uh, aggressively too lengthy but um mainly like my biggest problem was what happened with Zerg. I think it's the worst part of the movie. Like that entire sequence. I was like, this I went is to the shit. bathroom during that part. <laughs> I liked it just like it because I don't like Toy Story. I think I've seen them all like once or twice. Didn't really remember the relationship between Zerg and Lightyear. So it caught me off guard in the same way like Moonfall did towards the end when it just gets batshit insane. And I was like, what? Well, so the relationship between Buzz and Zerg is literally just a Star Wars ripoff in the actual Toy Story yeah. movies. Yes. Yeah, it's it's like a it's a cheap joke. It's not a good joke, but it makes no sense. Um, also... This movie has time travel in it and the time travel I could not they didn't even try to explain it and they just kind of left it there and I was like but they start to they like explain how um I guess spoilers older buzz gets there but then what happens anything why is he old now why is he like there was just like they were just like nope we're not explaining jack enjoy guys um and it's also it's seemed like the perfect time to have put in tim allen like if you wanted to like put yeah. someone in okay i think there are reasons why tim allen maybe wouldn't be 
cast at Because the gay cast. No, it, it doesn't make any sense because he's doing a show for Disney Plus right now. Sure. Literally, like, he's shooting right now. I'm surprised that you hated that <laughs> so much because I thought, you, similar to me, you would hate the side characters. Look. Oh my god, the oh, side characters TV. were so annoying. Taika, I love Taika, has, but. No, no, no. Taika, look, Taika, you've done good things. I'm not here to criticize everything you've done. I just think you need to lose your voice because you are the most annoying person I've ever met no, in my life. I like him and his like New Zealand humor, but they didn't let him be funny in this. Like I fucking love him as Korg. I'm like, let just let him be Korg. Sure. I needed a Korg. I don't know. It's Between the this old and guy, I can't okay. do it. <laughs> the old woman who I would have put down and lost money that it was Aquafina. I was so <laughs> sure that it was an Aquafina, and then it wasn't. And I was like, "Did they tell her do an Aquafina impression?" Because there's like points where she does her like, uh, you know, every time she'd say, "I got arrested" or whatever it was. I was like, "Oh, that sounds exactly like Aquafina does." <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I like socks is cute. If they do a little socks, beep, boop, beep, you know, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop. yeah, no, all of it was cute. Socks isn't just also, cute. It's like God tier. Socks is like I gave the stone three stars. Two of those stars are just for socks. Yeah, he no, I know, but the thing is, the thing is, he's not really doing much. He's just cute, and that's like it's very basic. Like anyone, he can gets do them that. out of so many situations with his like. He's like R two D two. When you are oh. stuck treading water in the middle of the ocean after a shipwreck you're grateful for seeing a raft even if it's not gonna get you home even if it's not a cruise ship you're grateful for whatever you can get your hands on yeah it makes no sense about socks why the fuck doesn't andy have a socks toy oh no 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 okay so this is so (laughs) my friend tells me this during the movie i was like why the fuck wouldn't he have a socks toy apparently the canon is that Socks was the Tickle Me Elmo of the year, so he couldn't get a Socks toy. Oh, shut up. <laughs> See, that's the kind of... It's like, it feels like I'm insane thinking about this movie. Because it's basically like, everything that you've learned about our little world that we created, we're saying you're dumb for even thinking it. In fact, we're going to come up with bullshit excuses that like explain away the fact that we didn't care. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like it just, it, it's so frustrating to me that the opening scene of Buzz Lightyear's character in Toy Story explains the plot of this movie. That's all you had to go watch. It's 30 seconds long. I went and watched it this morning. Just be like, am I crazy? Or does he like tell you exactly what? He... No, no. He just like, he lands on a foreign planet He's, you know, it's a different star time and all this. And it's like, okay, so that's the movie that happened. Why are you acting like that's not the movie? Why, what is this? Mm-hmm. This this feels like it should have been like the second or third movie in this series if you wanted to do that. But the fact that it's the first one. Also, this does not franchise in 1995 or today. When they like have those post credit scenes, I was like, yeah good luck you, oh my god <laughs> three post credit scenes my guy are you joking me i wasn't gonna stay but then i was like oh, i should check because like 
it's Disney bullshit. They're going to have an, at least one. And three, Marvel movies don't even have three. I was so mad. <laughs> like, part. After the second one, and then like the Disney logo came on, and then the Pixar logo came on, and then the third after credit scene, I was like, fuck you guys. I, love okay. I didn't mind this movie, but like, like if it, I don't mind Lightyear as like its own thing. It's fine. But like connected to everything else, it makes me mad. Is my take on it. It really feels uh, Disney Plus original. Like all the Pixar uh-oh. films have been sent to the way theaters. this went to theaters, but not turning red actually makes me mad. Well, and Luca, but like oh, it, this one really just feels like it should have been like an hour Disney Plus special, throw it up for like Disney Plus Day. Great. Mm-hmm. It yeah. really was like, oh, this the animation's the one thing that's like stellar, cinematic, great, love that. Everything else, like even the best parts, really just feels Disney Plus original. Yeah, no, it's the best looking of like recent animation movies. Um, so that's cool, but like that's just a technical achievement. And you know, you the thing with the Pixar movies and why I'm particularly harsh on them is a I think that they all sit around, you know, all the people at Pixar just sit around like loving the smell of their own farts. And also (laughs) they like spend so much goddamn money. These movies are so expensive compared to things like bad guys, things like, and you cannot tell me at this point that even movies like Luca, even movies like turning red um, that people really like that. They're worth like an extra hundred million compared to like, any of the other movies that we think are cute. It's just, it's starting to get to me. Like, no, you guys used to be like high art house for children. Now it's just, you're making movies. You do not get this like, you know, um, air of, Oh, this is important. Um, this is like, it, we're definitely winning the Oscar and all this kind of stuff that just is very frustrating for me. Um, but my cat says Pixar is in their flop era. Yeah, <laughs> I can hear um, little socks over there. Um, no, uh, but I just I wanted more from this. And it, there was n- I think there's a fun movie in here. And also, you know, uh, one of my friends said, oh, I wish it was like live action. And it was just like on Disney Plus as a little TV show. And I was like, actually, I kind of would have fucked with that. Like if it was just like, oh, we're doing it. And it's the same way as like the Star Wars or the whatever. And it's just like, oh, he's Buzz Lightyear. Get it? That would have been fun. Do it. This is just like, it feels so cynical. It feels just like it. It just feels like the cash grab that it is. Which, uh, comparison to Chip and Dale, this isn't. Like, they're very similar in terms of what they were trying to do and how they ended up there is miles different. Like they basically took something, made it meta. One is like, oh, we're poking fun at everything and it's, you know, really irreverent. The other one is like self-serious to a weird extent. Mm -hmm. Did you, Paul, ever watch the Buzz Lightyear show from like the early 2000s when like Patrick Warburton plays Buzz? A little bit. Um, I do remember I like it. I, rem- I, va- I don't remember it, but I feel like in my heart, I know it was more fun. Oh, no, it's it, I remember it being fun. And it's um, people talk about it a lot as like it was already you already did this. Why are you doing it again? Um, mm-hmm. Like you could have just adapted that again. It- in 
on the Wikipedia for the TV show now, it says it serves as a spinoff of the Toy Story franchise and presents a fictionalized account of the in-universe astronaut Buzz Lightyear. Okay. <laughs> Sad. The, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, this wasn't Andy's favorite film. There's no way that children... No child will ever say this is their favorite film. That's never happening. <laughs> there is a world, never. though, where Andy's gay and this was his sexual awakening because Buzz Lightyear is hot. And for that reason, <laughs> I can see this holding a special place in his heart. That's the only way, really, but, you know. <laughs> um, I was, like, weirdly uncomfortable by how Buzz Lightyear looked, actually. He was built so odd. Uh, like, yeah. in the... like. When you just saw like pictures of him, I was like, I, I would agree with you, Carson. Yeah, like well designed character. But like when he'd move, I was like, a little, little top heavy, a little bulky. There's just something that doesn't feel right to me. <laughs> he was really giving like the crimson chin from the fairly odd parents. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Also, why did Buzz like never use his like space ranger suit wings until literally the end of the movie when he like, so that you would go has the- oh. oh my god he used the wings this Leonardo is Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the screen meme <laughs> do you think theaters clap for that like do you think um, the audience like god. Um, there was a very drunk man behind us who was having the time of his life um, and he would go like whoa whoa every time something would happen and i was like sir (laughs) right when the end credits hit in my screening a grown man just said turned to his friend and loudly goes i love socks and that tells you everything you need to know about this movie (laughs) (sighs) it's so simple (sighs) god um yeah no socks is very cute although um, weird that they just randomly crushed a version of <laughs> And they didn't even like flinch about it. My feelings were hurt. And he was so cute because he was like damaged and I like started tearing up when that happened. <laughs> I also like that they have like all this futuristic tech and they're like, we're not fixing his eye. <laughs> <laughs> For this toy that is now like a thousand years old. Sad that Lightyear didn't quite do it for us. And who knows? It Many people thought it was going to win the Oscar. Maybe it won't, considering this reception. But another film that is about award season that we're talking about is official competition. We got screeners for this. I think it debuted at TIFF last year, maybe Venice, one of the film festivals. It's doing the circuit, and now it's releasing. Alina, why don't you introduce official competition? Yeah. Okay. So official competition, it has Antonio Banderas and Penelope Cruz again. I forget the name of the actor who plays the third guy, Oscar Martinez, I think when I read it earlier. Um, It's about, there's this rich Spanish, I don't know, billionaire dude. And he's like, I have all this money, but I, that's not a Spanish accent. <laughs> he's like, I have all this money. <laughs> I thought you joined the Zoom call. Wow. No. She's like, I have all this money, but I need to leave a legacy. So I'm going to buy the film rights to this fucking book. And I'm going to get 
a fancy director and good actors to adapt it so I leave a legacy. And then the special director is Penelope Cruz with some curly-ass red hair queen. And then the fancy actors are like Antonio Banderas who plays like a big Hollywood guy. And then I believe Oscar Martinez, I'm pretty sure that's his name, plays like a actor who's known more for like theater. So like Antonio and Oscar have more, they're like very much at odds at each other throughout the film because of their like different acting styles. Then like Penelope Cruz's like director character is like fucking insane and is like one of those directors where she kind of like torments her cast to like get good performances out of them. And Literally, the entire movie is mostly just them, like, rehearsing for the movie. You don't actually see them, like, making the movie. And it's honestly just, like, a bunch of, like, scenes of character exploration. But I really had a good time with it. I think the three of them were, like, are brilliant actors. And I just was having a lot of fun with it. I thought it was a really... Um, not, like, a new or take on, like, the cinema industry, but I thought it was fun. I had a, like, this was, I'm, I'm, like, mad at myself for missing this at TIFF now, because I'm, like, this is some, this is, like, a solid, good film. Sometimes you just need to, like, yeah, that was, that was great. Yeah, I definitely overall agree with you. I think, um... It's fun. I think some of the comedy feels a little bit European to me, specifically when it's like, oh, look at Antonio Baderas doing something crazy. Like, isn't that funny how they're making him act in this way or do something, out, you know, outrageous? I think some of that felt a little bit boring to me, but a lot of the comedy worked. I thought the filmmaking was fantastic. Lena, I know you text about the sound design, but there are some mm-hmm. scenes, like there's one scene with a bunch of microphones. Um, and there's just scenes where they really do play around with the sound design to a point where I thought that was stellar. Um, I think Penelope Cruz steals the fucking show here. I think mm-hmm. she is like incredible. I like Antonio Baderas. I like the other guy. Um, I like, you know, the entire cast. I don't think there's anyone being bad but i thought that cruise really really was stunning here um yeah it was fine i think it definitely she really took it for me that scene where they bring in like the producer's like niece or something and then like antonio kisses her and then oscar kisses her and then like penelope kisses her and it's just like so fucking dirty and disgusting and just like so fucking horny that like the producer slash uncle has to like leave the room. I was like, yes, I love this shit. This is some good shit injected into my veins. I love it. Yeah. No, I, I, I overall think it was good. I maybe I'm not in love with this film. I don't think it'll be on like my best of the year list. Um, but I really did like it. It's one of the stronger ones um that we've covered recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I I just thought it was like a good, solid, like you know, satire of the um, the art world, um, which we used to get a lot of in like the early two thousands. I feel like that was a constant, like you know, uh, type of movie. But now it's like kind of been pushed back a little bit. So it was nice. To, it was refreshing to see one. Um, I'm with you, Alina, um, in that I wish I saw it in a theater, um, Mm -hmm. because there were points that I was like, I bet I would be laughing if other people were laughing and it like 
riled me up a little bit. Um, I think the first half is really strong. I think the second half gets a little too muddled. Um, but overall, I think it's like really fantastic. And I think Penelope is perfect. Like it's mm-hmm. one of her best roles. It just seems like she's having such a good time, but also like is really commanding. Yeah, this is playing at like my local indie cinema next week. And I'm like, I should go and see this again. I really should. Yeah. And I think I would recommend anyone out there checks it out. I think it is also coming around about coming out around me next week. So I assume that's just like the release date. So I'd recommend everyone go see it. Um, this was obviously a film that fictionally entered the awards uh, or the uh, festival circuit. One film that really did was Cha Cha Real Smooth, which debuted at Sundance this year out on Apple TV plus now Cooper Rafe's sec- uh, newest film after shit house. I will start us off here because I'm definitely the most positive on this. Um, I love this film. Maybe it's just because I'm younger and because the Cooper Rafe's perspective being shared in this film is a little bit more relevant to me, I guess. But like, I don't know. I thought this was really sweet. I think Cooper Rafe is fantastic as a director and screenwriter and as an actor. I think, yes, some of the casting is really strange. When it comes to this young man meeting this woman and kind of trying to find his next evolution in life, I thought it was just really touching. I think it was, you know, the passion was there. The emotions are there. The maturity is there. I really like it. I continue to be a massive Cooper Ray fan, um, but it's a little bit more desi- divisive than I think I originally thought it would be with audiences. Paul, I know you are someone who didn't necessarily love the film, so I'm interested to see your perspective on this. Yeah, so I loved uh, Shit House. Um, I thought it was really well done. I thought it was a very simple story. Um, I blame a lot of this on his reception to Shit House, and I think it's going to get worse because this got positive reception as well. Um, Cooper seems to write his characters as flawed, but everyone thinks they're the coolest person in the world. Like, I mean, you could play a drinking game for the amount of compliments that people give him unprompted. And like, it starts almost being aggressively grating, especially when he's actively fucking up. Um, You know, there's one part where he has a new job and is immediately drinking on the job. And we're supposed to like agree with him. And then it works out fine for him. Um, It's just, it's that kind of stuff that's very frustrating to me where I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm supposed to like this kid because everyone tells me to not by the actions he's doing. Also just going to say the opening scene is about him meeting an older woman and being like, she's hot. I like her. And it's not explained. I thought it was going to be young Dakota Johnson originally. Um, It's not. It just like he has like an older woman fetish and like it makes his relationship with Dakota Johnson weirder to me because it's less like, oh, he got this emotional connection with someone he wouldn't normally. It's more like I like the older ladies (laughs) and I want to fuck them. It's like, I don't know. I just the whole movie is just so boring and like bland and CW. And you know what? This is a perfect film for Apple to push for Oscars right after Coda. That's my thought. <laughs> it's just the Lifetime movies now. 
Um, we are straight in the schmaltzy 80s again. I didn't like Cooper Rafe's first film, Shithouse. Like, I thought it was fine. So I wasn't particularly... I didn't give a shit about Cha-Cha Real Smooth at all, actually. I just watched it because you people made me watch it. Or I would have skipped it. And I was like, yep, this is the exact same thing as Shithouse. It's fine. I can tolerate it. But I'm never going to watch this shit again. And I have no desire to see any more of this boy's movies. They're just like so bland and I just don't get what he's going for and I don't get what everybody else sees in this kid and like I'm happy for you if you do I just I don't get it I feel like the thing that made me enjoy cha-cha a little bit more than shithouse was the girl like who plays Dakota Johnson's like daughter I thought she was fabulous and I wish the movie was centered like more on her but at the same time like she doesn't really get to do a lot other than like she's just there and she's like just autistic just for like the sake of her like being there I'm like okay I just I don't understand this kid's decisions with his filmmaking yeah I'm happy for you though Carson I I read somebody on uh, Letterboxd who said that this was basically The Graduate, but any amount of wit or like um, issues in the film were taken out. And it's just like the <laughs> sweet version of The Graduate. And I was like, oh, my God, it definitely is. And wow. then I so, so I was. Sense. Yeah, no. And then there's a scene that happens where they have a like, you know big important moment in a car while it's raining and they're wet and i was like oh no this is definitely what happened he watched the graduate and was like i'm making my own the graduate i was like this (laughs) is the same movie the scene happened in the graduate (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and it didn't end with him in a car but i was fully expecting him to be sitting in a car staring thinking about it life and adjusting (laughs) as the camera stayed on him for way too long um yeah, no, just funny. It is also just so weird seeing Dakota Johnson as a mother. I just don't buy it. Like with this and The Lost Daughter, why are you trying to convince me that Dakota Johnson is a mother? I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I fully agree on that one. Because like, It's so weird. It's It's weird too because like she didn't have a period where she played women in their 30s at all so we've gone Mm -hmm. from like i'm an intern at you know uh fucking mr gray i forgot his full name uh it is yeah christian gray's agency or whatever it was and then it goes straight to i'm a mom (laughs) it's just like her her career path is so odd um i saw someone in the letterbox reviews of this movie say it was like jennifer lawrence and american hustle and like jennifer lawrence and joy she's having this similar career trajectory yeah definitely Mm -hmm. yeah well i'm sad you guys didn't like this more but i at least you know what if this blows up and it has another coda run at least i'm on that side of liking it unlike coda which i hated so you know what? I'll take my that's wins. That's a win for you. Them. It is. And really, that's what matters, right? We got to be here for ourselves. 
Um, that's going to do it for our new releases this week. But happy Pride Month. We keep coming prize month. with some gay stuff. <laughs> the prize is happy Pride Month. <laughs> happy Pride Month. If you are gay, send a coupon. You get 50 cents off your first Patreon order. Uh, <laughs> we are. We have three films to talk about for Pride Month today. And let's start off back in 2010. Kaboom. It's a film I never heard of. Alina, I don't assume you've ever heard of it. Paul, nope. you heard of it. I had not heard of it. I looked up what we'll the first... We'll just Google buy films. Yes, I literally <laughs> did. I um, I googled well-received buy films because like, if you look up buy films, it's usually just trash. Um, well... <laughs> <laughs> we could have done comments on your name. We could have talked about the peach scene. There were options here. Um, I'm sorry, I could not talk about that movie because all I would be like is trying not to say the word cannibal the whole time. And that's just <laughs> that's how we are now. That's the new world. Um it's sad that that overtook the video of his child eating his foot. Because that really is what I like can't get out of my head. And it's I, it's definitely funnier. <laughs> I love the child eating the foot. Um, there's so many weird things. Um, remember when everyone was like, "Oh, he's so divorced." When he like got the mustache, it's just it's very sad that he eats people because like he was definitely going to be like one of our weirder stars. Um, mm-hmm. But back to the movie R. we're talking Death about. Death of the Nile. <laughs> <laughs> um. So he, uh, yeah, this one, the first queer palm. And so I was like, oh, that'll be interesting to discuss. Then I watched the movie and I was like, this one, the queer palm. <laughs> this movie is batshit. I'd watched um, a couple of this guy's movies. Uh, Greg Araki, I believe. Araki. Um, and all of them are like super sexual, super weird. Um and they're just about like hot white guys making out with each other. Like that's the plot of most of his movies. Um, but this one more so, <laughs> um, there is very little going on in this movie outside of just like sex. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we need to make a sci-fi film real quick. Let's do that. But I didn't hate it. I like had a good time. There were some very odd choices with Kaboom. I didn't know what I was getting into at all. Paul was just like, this is what we're doing for Pride. And I was like, okay, I I will listen and go along with it. And I just like threw it on at like 10 o'clock at night because I was running out of time to watch all these movies. And it was like the one that I would be able to finish and still hit my midnight bedtime that night. Uh, I did. I was like fully half asleep for the last 30 minutes of this movie. So like... I was, like, dead tired and just, like, this is, like, a movie that you need to be, like, fucking awake for because it is insane. (laughs) Like, our main character, his name is Smith, first of all. And I'm, like, that's the last name. What is happening? (laughs) It it drove me (laughs) insane because they kept saying it. And I'm, like, oh, no, his mom's saying it, too. That's his name. That's his name. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I thought, yeah, I thought it was, like, a thing where, like, like, bro dudes are called by like their last names on like sports teams you know um no his first name was just smith and then Haley bennett pops up and i was like hey you're from cyrano she plays a lesbian good for her um 
lesbian dating other... a witch. <laughs> yeah, she's a lesbian dating a witch. Smith has a crush on his like straight bro dude roommate named Thor, who I love. I stan. Um, and like later, Smith meets like Juno Temple at a party, and they start hooking up, and like. There's just a lot of fucking in this movie, which I was happy about. And then throughout all the fucking and hooking up, there's sci-fi stuff. And then there's cult stuff. And I was like, I don't understand how we got from (laughs) from point A to point C. I'm confused. I'm half asleep. I don't know what's happening. But I had fun with it, as insane as it was. There are some weird transitions, though. Weird technical things. Also, the hairstyles <laughs> are disgusting. Please wash your hair. Okay. Those are my thoughts. Also, this is, 20, this is like 2010. So, like, those styles were kind of, like, on their way out by then. But they're like, nope, we're sticking yeah. with them. Those are, like, Just firmly. Like, especially a- Smith. I was like, you need to take a shower. You look so greasy. How are all these people sleeping with you? I forgot about the married guy at the beach until just now. There's so much fucking <laughs> in this movie. I don't get how this won the queer palm because, like, I don't understand how this is, like, good for LGBT issues, but, like, sure. <laughs> I don't really get how it's good like end the sentence um i'm sadly um, it's like bad fun i did not have fun with this i no. really wish i was high for it and i hate that like you know i don't want to be that guy on here i don't want to be paul basically and come on and ruin the fun um but this is like the type of batshit insane that i just did not vibe with it was just like gross the editing wasn't really it it's just non-stop sex which is fine but like I don't know. I got bored by it. I feel like how everyone views, like how Paul (laughs) views Under the Silver Lake is how I view this film. I was literally about to bring up Under the Silver Lake. I literally was about to say that um, this is like a better version to me of Under the Silver Lake. Um, Because Under the Silver Lake, I think, is one of the worst movies ever made, bar none. So when this movie started, I was like, oh, no. And no. Because this movie knows that if you're going to do a batshit sex comedy, you keep with the sex and occasionally do the batshit. Under the Silver Lake did not understand that's the rules. So it's bad. But like, this is not a good movie. Like, I can't even like say like with a straight face. Oh, I recommend it. I recommend some of his other movies. Totally fucked up. The Living End. um, Most notably Mysterious Skin, though. All of those are like queer and weird and, you know, um, at least exist in the world. They're not too crazy. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's very interesting. I do think that it actually won the um, queer palm because it's just a he's known as like he was the gay director in like the 90s and 2000s. Mm. Um, and I think that that like it's more of like a. Hey, you did a movie. <laughs> Is it gay? Here's the queer palm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what other films were gay during the 2010 can competition. So, hey, maybe it was the only one. <laughs> it, it was the only it was like won it. It didn't like it wasn't like against other films. All the rest are like there's other films listed because I was curious. I was like, what other really trash films must there have been? Um. But also, like, this is canned. So, like, sometimes you look and you're like, really? That one over that? Well, 
let's move on to our next gay film. Actually, a trans film, not necessarily gay. Uh, gay film. Kind of gay. Yeah, well, I mean... It's kind of bi, actually. A little bit bi. Sure. However you want to read into it. Dog Day <laughs> Afternoon. Considered one of the best films of all time. Al Pacino's 1975 film. Al Pacino's in it. He didn't direct it. I never saw this before this. I didn't know it was a trans film. I had no idea anything about this. And I must say, I loved this film so much. Al Pacino is so fun in this film. The entire film borderline is like borders on being fun, but also being just like so on the pulse of society at the time. I mean, from the references to Attica to the views on the police, like it is incredibly fun and charming, but it is also clearly meaningful clearly relevant um i really was like stunned by this and i shouldn't be because everyone gives us five stars and everyone's like oh it's the best of all time it's what number 146 on the list that's pretty good actually um but i I really adored this me too i had so much fun i didn't realize that uh the guy who did this sydney Lume, Lummet, I don't know, did 12 Angry Men. And I saw that he did 12 Angry Men. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to love this then because 12 Angry Men fucking slaps. And so I threw on Dog Day Afternoon and I watched it at work once again. Fantastic choice to do that. I had so much fun. This is like, I feel like I know about myself that I dig the 70s. So I also don't know why I'm surprised about like how much I enjoyed this because I love the 70s. I love Al Pacino. What could go wrong in this movie? Nothing. It's perfect. I had so much fun. Um, yeah, Pacino's fantastic. Apparently, he improvised all the Attica stuff. Um, apparently, they did, like, a ton of improvisation. Like, the part where, like, Al Pacino's character, Sonny, asks Sal, like, oh, what, like, country do you want to travel to? And Sal goes, like, Wyoming. That was improvised. So, like, Al Pacino responding, Wyoming's not a country, Sal. It's also that. And I just, like, I feel like every single person in this did like a phenomenal job in like crafting this like small little world of this bank robbery um like Sunny and Sal are fantastic all of the um bank hostages are fantastic uh the FBI the police the like crowds gathering outside to like watch what's happening because like it's so fucking crazy and then like we later on we meet like Al Pacino's estranged wife and then his like trans wife who is not like properly trans or not properly who's not like transitioned the way they want to be yet it was just I can't believe they made this film in 1975 like that and I I really respect the filmmakers for like actually sticking to the real story because apparently the real people were, like, doing it for, to get money for, like, sex reassignment surgery. So, like, that's cool that they didn't, like, totally abandon it. Because I feel like it's the 70s. Why wouldn't they not, like, just ix that, you know? So, yeah, great film. I loved it. I know somebody who didn't, though. Well, quickly, I'll just say, and it's sweet. The real (laughs) guy paid, they paid him to use the rights for a story. And then he gave that money to the um, woman to transition fully, physically. So that was really Mm -hmm. cute. He used the money from the film to do that. Um, I didn't dislike this film. It's it's just very much, it, it fits to me in the same realm as The Godfather, which is, um, people 
slowly doing things. And it's very 70s. It's very brown. I just like I it is a great it is a great film that I think is just like not for me, you know, Um, like I, I enjoyed myself while watching it, but I wasn't like enraptured. I was like, I'm definitely watching. You guys shut the fuck up. You specifically. You too. They disagree with your bad take. <laughs> it's not a bad take. I'm just saying like just it's it's like a it's a fine film. Um it's just like it's not like for me. You know, it's the same as that gold movie from a, a couple weeks back which was a new movie. If I'm not into the genre, I really struggle to like love it. Like I never love things that are outside my genre, you know, my genres that I like. Um but yeah, this was great. It's just not something that I'd be like, what am I going to do on a Saturday afternoon? I could put on Dog Day Afternoon. Um, you also, they're the team for gold and tell them that you compared it Dog Day Afternoon, and I'm sure they'd be thrilled <laughs> by that comparison. <laughs> they'd be like, but why? <laughs> they'd be like, because I didn't like either. <laughs> um, no. Um, I think it's like, you know, it is classic. I find it fascinating what you were talking about, Alina, how this was made in the 70s, um, how it was made in the 70s, how it wasn't an underground film and how it was like, you know, well received mm-hmm. um, because it it's relatively, especially for the time period, inclusive in its language, um, which was very surprising to me. I was expecting a lot more slurs, but it. I don't remember any slurs i mean there's, there's a couple cops a couple, but... but i can't remember love it well let's move on to our final film of the day our final pride month celebration paris is burning the classic documentary illustrating drag culture drag life dra- uh, drag struggles and i will start because i really loved this film like so so much um, I think it especially helps though if you are nece- like new to drag culture because a lot of it is like explaining terminology, defining what this means, and oh, what does this matter to these people? Why is drag important? Um, but I think it's incredibly well organized. I think incredibly personable. I mean, when you put a bunch of drag queens on camera, it's probably going to be personable. Um, I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was meaningful heartbreaking at times but also just so inspiring in some ways um i love i think it should be essential viewing for people i think it's a great documentary and a great defining queer documentary Mm -hmm. i also really liked it um for me i feel like i'm not as familiar with like drag culture i've watched like a couple seasons of rupaul's drag race and last summer my friends who are fucking obsessed with drag race like those bitches watch every single drag race they've seen every single one of like rupaul's they've seen every one of all stars and they also watch every single individual country so those bitches even watched like drag race italy drag race finland drag race philippines i don't know if those exist but if there's a country for drag race my friends tessa and avi have seen it and they are so fucking straight so it's like it's really fun for me that they're obsessed with drag so yeah they're the ones that took me to the show last uh august it's fun. I enjoy it for what it is. Like, it's not like my favorite hobby, but 
it was really fun. And I feel like I learned a lot from Paris's burning. Like a lot of it, I was sitting there. I was like, ah, yes, I know this from RuPaul's Drag Race. But I also feel like as a straight, I learned a lot. And I think the documentary does a really beautiful job of capturing that um, subculture. Um, And I thought the way that they shot all of the the ballroom scenes or whatever were really fun. I was like super captivated by like the walks, like opulence, you're rich, you own everything. I was like, I fucking love that line. Like the MC was really fun. The voguing was really fun. I couldn't take my eyes off of it. And then this movie gets really sad, but I I feel like it's like the seminal queer documentary but yeah i enjoyed it okay why did you hate it paul i didn't hate it i still i'm not a big fan of drag culture like it's like my my one thing as like a queer person i'm just like oh it's very just it's like tiring to me a little bit and i um the part uh, to alina's point when they were like doing like ball culture and all that stuff i was very into it um when it got more into like the like you know day-to-day kind of stuff i was like i just like that personality type just really like wears on me after a little while i mean i've like i've actually done like a doc on uh drag um which we focused more on like what it's like to be a normal person and then know that that's part of your lifestyle but um you know it's just it it's it is like important and you like have to think of it in its like time period. But I think your point to Carson, it was a little like ABC on a lot of drag culture. And I was like, I know all this. And I wasn't like having fun. I know all this. I was like, I know, I know it felt a little bit like, um, you know, showing up in like one of your friends, like uh, history classes or something. And you're like, yeah, I know. I know about the Alamo. Um, but like all of the um, cinema verite aspects where it was just like showing things, loved that. I just wasn't I wasn't a fan of like the the explanatory things. But yeah, no, it's it's I see why it's really well regarded. Um, well, that's going to do it, I guess, for this week's episode of Clappercast. Let's end up with our recommendations and pride. Rip Pride. Uh, we'll see you again. We'll see you next year when we can celebrate gay people. Until then, go back to your closets and, you know, see you then. Um, Stay out of our movies. <laughs> um, I we have also... bros coming. We are breaking out at least one more time this year, I will say. Oh, no, not bros. I've watched the trailer for bros like three times. And when I say I've watched the trailer for bros three times, I stop it. <laughs> but I have no I idea little... what you're talking about. Bros is the new like um gay rom com. Is it Billy Eichner? It's Billy Eichner and some very hot man. Why is it coming um, out not in Pride Month? Not that you know gay people. Because I, I, I think I think I think it's but... specifically that that it's not coming out because it's they're trying two to, men like... with commitment problems attempt a relationship. Okay. That's the synopsis yeah, and- on the box right now. <laughs> um, let's get to these recommendations. Mine's going to be good luck to you, Leo Grande. We might be doing it on the podcast in the future. Who knows? Um, 
what, what a fun and sweet look at sex and sexuality and the path we take in life. It's out on Hulu. It was another one of my Sundance favorites. Cha-Cha Real Smooth might not have done it for you. Maybe this one will. Emma Thompson gets to be hot. Um, and it was very fun. I really like I expected this one to be kind of trashy when I watched it, honestly. Um, but it ended up being one of my favorite films of the year. I really loved it. Paul, what's your recommendation? Um, so it's funny that you mentioned Cha-Cha during the recommendations, because I think part of my problem with Cha-Cha Real Smooth was I had just watched Please Like Me. Um, it's a Australian show about a queer 20-something. Um, it's created, starring, and written by Josh Thomas, um, who you may have known from that Freeform show, uh, Everything's Gonna Be Okay. Um, but this is more close to his life as it was before he got um, well known. And it's just about a kid growing up in his 20s and them all being really bad fuck ups. But this show is one of the few shows where every season gets better. And the fourth season is probably one of the like greatest seasons of television I've watched just in terms of like how it's set up, what they do. And then it ends and it ends in a way that like, you're like that had to be the ending, but I just, I don't want it to be. Um, it's so good. Um, you know, the last show I can think of where I cared about the characters that much was Fleabag where like when we wrapped up with them, I was like, I need to hang out with you guys more. Like I need to know like you're okay and everything. Um, it's so good. And it's only 32 episodes. It flies by. Um, the queer rep is fantastic. Um, it's just, it's so good. Love that. Alina, what's your recommendation this week? So I was going to go and rewatch Benediction at the Indie Cinema. I saw the world premiere at TIFF and I fucking loved that shit. The new Terrence Davies. Love Terrence Davies. I like, I've only seen two of his other movies, but I love him. He's just so freaking cute, man. And like, I was really looking forward to rewatching Benediction, but then Ottawa had a severe thunderstorm warning and a severe, like, there's possibly going to be a tornado. So I was at the office and I was going to go to see Benediction right after. And then with all the warnings and the trauma of not having power for five days last time, there was a thunderstorm of all things. I decided to go home and I bailed on my Benediction rewatch. And guess what? There was no thunderstorm. It lasted like 20 minutes. There was no tornado. So my recommendation is go and see Benediction and don't be a fucking pussy. It's great. <laughs> you texted that and I really like, damn, you moved to the gates of hell. I feel bad for you. <laughs> Listen, the thing is, Ottawa used to be such a fucking boring city when I lived here six years, like before I moved home, the six years that I lived here boring nothing ever fucking happened occasionally there's a protest on parliament hill nothing escalates we did have that one little terrorist incident that was fine one person died i think it was not a big deal um and then this year <laughs> thunderstorm thunderstorm convoy another convoy is coming for canada day i'm like can you fuck off like 
I don't know what's happening. I don't understand why Ottawa is getting all this attention all of a sudden. It's stressing me out. I picked the wrong time to move my ass back here. I should have gone to Toronto. Anyway, that's life (laughs) in the capital city. (laughs) Well, hopefully things get a little easier for you. So wait, was your recommendation... My recommendation is benediction. No, Uh, my recommendation is benediction. The city of Ontario. I was saying that I went through a lot of pain to miss it, and I should have just... I got it. I got it. It was just a joke. Okay. (laughs) It's a good movie, and I'm sad I didn't rewatch it, but I know I would love it just as much the second time. It's that good. Well, that's going to be it for this episode of ClapperCast. Where can we find everyone on social media? Alina? I am at Alina Faults on Twitter, Letterboxd, and sometimes Instagram. Paul? At Price Like Tag on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And you can find me on Twitter at BP underscore movie reviews. Letterboxd just Carson Tamar. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening and supporting the show. If you want to write us an email, you can email us at clappercast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at clapperpodcast. You can also connect to us there. If you'd like to financially support the show for as little as $1 a month, you can go to our, our Patreon. Uh, we have commentary tracks, we have exclusive movie reviews, a ton of great stuff you can get over there. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week to discuss all things cinema. Goodbye.